All right. So we've been going through the apocalypse or uh, the end of time per se. Not necessarily the end of time, but the end of this age as people are, are in the flesh. And uh, we're going through the teachings of Jesus. We'll go back to Matthew 24 again. And so last week we we read a small passage of this and we saw that Jesus mentioned things that kind of did that kind of stood out. Anytime when you're reading the Bible, uh, all the words of the Lord are, are are meant to be understood. There's no wasted space in here. It is all here for a reason, though it will be impossible for any man to understand the whole of it. Every time you read something from it, you get something else out of it. But all of these things are, are here for a reason. And there's certain passages that just stand out as odd. And to me, those are the ones that I lock onto a lot. And when that, when that happens, it usually is something of importance or something that causes you to think deeply. Now, there's some instances where in the English it is probably a translation issue, but in these we, we saw that pray that our flight's not a winner or pray that uh, we're not with child or, or one of those that gives suck in those days. So we kind of went over that uh, to see some possible meanings of that. So we'll continue on starting in the 21st verse. Uh, Jesus still speaking, uh, said Matthew 24, verse 21. And for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. So this will be the absolute worst that it has ever been, and it will be worldwide. This is actually a quote from the book of Daniel. I believe it's Daniel 12.1. Uh, it's not an exact quote, but it's a paraphrase. Many times in the New Testament, whenever they quote from the Old Testament, it is not necessarily a, an exact quote. But um, as God is the author of the whole book, he can quote from it any way he wants to. Uh, sometimes people will say that uh, they're using that out of, out of context when most of the time it's Jesus or the Holy Spirit quoting or, or the apostles. And the Lord can use his words in any way that, that he sees fit. Verse 22, And except those days be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Or, Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as lightning come out of the east and shineth even into the west, so also 
shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For uh, wheresoever the carcasses gather, the eagles will be gathered together. Alright, so let's go back and look at this, uh, this small section and see what, see what we can uh, get from it if we delve deeper. In verse 22 it says, Except those days should be shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So, in the book of Daniel, it gives a prophecy of 70 weeks. The 70 weeks uh, would be from the time of the rebuilding of the second temple until the appearance of the uh, Messiah. And then one of the weeks... The 70th week was cut off. It was separated. And generally it's agreed that each day of the week represents a year. So uh, there would be 490 years. But the last week, the, the tribulation week, it was set separately. Um, and it doesn't explicitly say that, that it's one day for one week for one year, uh, but it is generally agreed by pretty much everyone that, that this is uh, what it is meant by. It. So, and then in the middle of the week, it says that the, the sacrifices, the daily sacrifice is taken away, and uh, Christ says that's when the abomination of desolation will appear, the, uh, the Antichrist claiming to be God. And now he says, Except for those days be shortened, there shall be no flesh saved, even the elect. Uh, so that means it's going to be pretty bad. Even the people who know that uh, the false Christ is coming first and that these things will happen, even they wouldn't make it if the time had been shortened. Now, it's my personal belief that as Jesus was God made flesh, that once he got here, on the earth and he experienced his body and the weakness that it has and the hold it feels on you. I think that he probably said that this time needs to be shortened. If we look again at the times in Daniel 9.27, it says seven years the sacrifice was taken away in the middle of the week. And Let's turn to Revelation uh, 13.5. Revelation 13.5 says, uh, talking about the beast and the dragon who gave him power. Um, this is like, Revelation 13 is one of uh, the pivotal chapters in the Bible about uh, the end of the world. And this where the one place we get the mark of the beast and uh, 666 and uh, and the the, uh, the Antichrist doing uh, great wonders. Um, but in um, verse 5 it says, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Now forty and two months is uh, three and a half years. And if we remember... The, the one week of Daniel, that would be seven years. So something happens. Uh, many people say that it's a, a peace treaty with Israel uh, that, that lasts for seven years. And then 
in the middle of that seven years, the Antichrist does something uh, to like maybe outlaw Christianity or, or something like that, and, and that is possible. Um, but it, it takes away the worship of Jesus. And um, so here we have 40 and two months, which is uh, three and a half years. And in Revelation 12, 6, Revelation 12 probably covers more time than any other um, chapter in the Bible. I mean, it covers from the first earth age, I would believe, and until the end of time. But um, here in 12.6, it says, The woman, that would be the church, uh, symbolic of the church, fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God and uh, they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. A thousand two hundred and sixty days. A score is twenty. So if we have three score, that's sixty. Um, prophecies concerning God are given in days, and prophecies concerning the devil are given in months. If we uh, if we read the the one that we previously it was talking about the antichrist and it was given in months forty two months one thousand um, two hundred and sixty days equals out to um, three point four five years so just a little shy of three and a half years if we look in Revelation eleven three. I think we'll read the the whole. No, we'll start in three. Revelations three. Eleven, verse three. Okay. Now, at the end of time, or, or the last days, there's these two witnesses that that rise up in Jerusalem, and uh, they are witnesses for God. It's kind of confusion though. In one place, it says that he they turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Plural. So we have also God and Satan here. It can be that, that the things that they say offend and it drives many to the Antichrist and, and some of the things they say drive others to God. We can see that today. Now, you were asking me about the things happening in Israel and Gaza at this time. You know, these things are, are not new. Uh, the past... Well, I mean, since 1948, all this has happened. I'm not going to go into the history of the whole thing, but basically, in 1948, the UN uh, issued a, a mandate. I've, I'll botch the pronunciation because I'm just pulling it from memory. It's like the Bawar Declaration or something like that. And it was going to split Palestine um, into two separate states. And the Jews, the Jewish people agreed to this. Uh, however, the Arabs did not agree to this, and they decided instead that they were going to drive the Jews into the sea and uh, wipe out the Jews in Palestine. Or actually, Palestine is a misnomer. This is the land of Judea. But uh, anyway, uh, well, they attacked the Jews, and the Jews beat them. And every time the, and the Jews set up their own state, so they had a chance for a two-state solution, but instead they decided they were just going to drive the Jews into the sea. And it didn't work out too well for them. And they've decided that about three times. They decided in 1967 they were going to wipe the Jews out. Again, that didn't work out good for them. They decided in 
I believe it was 73 or 72 in the Yom Kippur War, they launched a surprise attack against Israel. And again, that did not work out well for them. Um, so they have had a chance to have their own two-state solution. This is very complicated. Um, in the early 2000s, there was a Infantata, Infantana, or something like that. I can't pronounce. Intifada. Intifada, thank you, sir. Uh, that started. And um, there's a lot of suicide bombers coming out of the Gaza Strip and all blowing themselves up, killing 20, 30 people at the time. And it was a, a really bad time for several years. And then Israel just started killing all the people that were even involved before they could do it. And uh, all that kind of slackened off. But And now we see again, I mean, this happens every so often, every few years. So this isn't anything new. However, what is new, is very new so far as I can tell, is the hatred online for Israel. You see all these, all these marches and all, and Israel's the oppressor of these people and blah, 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 blah. And it's really not true. Uh, obviously they, they possess overwhelming firepower. If they wanted to wipe these people out, they could. Uh, and there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, the international community might can step in or whatnot, but that's just going to create a, a huge war. But um, everybody that I see pretty much online on these message boards are against Israel, and they're they're putting like these Palestinian uh, terrorists that are indiscriminately launching thousands of rockets into Israel. They're putting them as, uh, say, the victims of, of this. And, uh, you know... Everybody's got their own side to see, but I'm a Christian and I know that the Lord God said that He will always take care of the tribe of Judah. And um, so I am with the tribe of Judah. Yes. The land that I was calling Palestine, it was uh, it's called Judea. Uh, it was the Roman providence. And before that, it was the kingdom of Judah. And then uh, the Romans took it over maybe 60 B.C. And then around 69 A.D., they destroyed the, the Jewish temple there on the Temple Mount where the uh, Alaska Mosque is now. They destroyed that, but the Jews still were in the, the land. And then around 134 A.D., the, the Emperor Hadrian, he had like a 14-year-old male lover that he drug around with him all the time. And uh, when he was over in Egypt, the, the boy drowned in the, uh, in the Nile. And the Emperor Hadrian decided that he was going to make this, uh, his homosexual lover a uh, god. And so he demanded that all the temples have a statue to this uh, person. And, well, the Jews, they've always been kind of <laughs> sticklers on stuff like that because of uh, the, the first commandment, the second commandment. <laughs> And, uh, and they wouldn't do it. They would not allow this to be put in the Temple Mount. So they launched the rebellion. And um, I think basically they were about wiped out there and they were scattered uh, throughout all the land in what is known as the uh, Diaspora. And they never had another homeland again until 1948. And the Emperor Hadrian called, changed the name of this land to Palestine or, or Philistinia. No, uh, Islam does not exist at this time. 
uh, the Romans were polytheists. They, they worshiped like Zeus and, um, or actually Jupiter and Mars and, uh, those gods, the, the Greek gods with, Ro- with Roman names. Yeah. There's like a bunch of temples in every city. Basically, the, the Jewish people were the only people who, who worshiped Yahweh, the, the God of Israel. And, um, and they worshiped him, uh, exclusively. And Christianity was just beginning to spread at this time. Um, it was spreading around, but the, the Jews still had their national identity. And then, so Emperor Hadrian changed the name of Jerusalem and, uh, the place. He, he named it Philistinia because the, the Philistines were there previously and the Jews didn't like them. And, um, and so that's where the name Palestine comes from. And that's what they started calling it Palestine for in the modern era. But getting back to the two witnesses, they changed the people back to the father's plural. We see that what they say is going to be very divisive. And if you look online now, everybody's against the Jews and how they're wiping out the Palestinians and blah, 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 blah. And these witnesses will be Christian. And so then they will, majority of the people will turn against Christians. But when the real Christians see the two witnesses rise, it will give them absolute faith that they, that they are in the, the tribulation period. So that's how that can happen. But going back to verse three, and it says, I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days. Closed in sackcloth. Sackcloth is always a, a sign of mourning. And uh, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devour their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. And these have power to shed up heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they are finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth down the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. This would be Jerusalem. And they of the people and the kindreds and tongues of nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put into graves. And they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts to one another because these two prophets that tormented them, that these two prophets tormented them that dwelled on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon those which saw them. And they heard the voice from heaven saying, come up hither. And they ascended into heaven and in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. And in that same hour was a great earthquake and a tenth part of the city fell and the earthquake and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. And at this time when the witnesses rise is when uh, Christ returns. 
Uh, again, we saw the thousand and two score days. Another place in Revelation, it says, um, I don't have the exact verse with me here. It says that, um, that locusts descend out of the bottomless pit and it's given, uh, to, to torment men five months. And it could be that this is the time that, uh, that is shortened for the elect's sake. It could be the tribulation lasts five months. Uh, however, I would, I would still plan on, on a three and a half year tribulation period. However, I do not put time on it because we, we have these verses from the Bible. But once we see the Antichrist appear, we know that the, the end game is near and we will endure as much as we can. Uh, we will endure to the end, even to death. The, the real Christians will. So it says if it were possible to deceive even the elect, it, it is not possible. Now these elect, they are mentioned a few times. It's uh, the 7,000 that won't bow a knee to Baal. It won't bow to the Antichrist. 7,000 is a spiritual number, not a literal number it is a it's a very small number however uh these numbers have spiritual meaning um and i don't really go into numerology and stuff like that uh, but it will be more than seven thousand but it will not be many will not be many at all to find out who the elect are we'll go to ephesians we'll go to chapter one uh, it's a little further on from Matthew. It's a letter of the Apostle Paul. Uh, chapter 1. And uh, he's uh, talking about the elect. And it says, According, he has chosen us and him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now this phrase, uh, from before the foundation of the world, it occurs around ten times. Maybe a little more. And it means uh, the catabol, before the overthrow. So before this age, when we were flesh, there was an overthrow in, uh, in heaven uh, where Satan fought against God. And then this world we live in now was, was created from that so that God may have mercy on some of the ones that turned away. And then after this, there will be an eternity. Uh, another uh, revealing as to who the elect are it is in verse 13. It says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, a promise. And so these elect are sealed and they are marked of God just as the people of the world are marked of the Antichrist. However, the elect will not accept his mark. They will be the ones who are delivered up to witness against him because they're going to be like, why don't you worship this guy? He's great. He can do miracles, but they will not worship him. So then we'll go back and continue in verse. Um, actually, here it's in verse 22, it says, No flesh shall be saved. Now, at the end of the world, or the end of this age, 
flesh is done away with. We're, we're go to a different type of body. So this is when he says no flesh shall be saved. This is pre the return of Christ. Uh, to witness of this, we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'll give you the verse. This is again the Apostle Paul speaking. 15. Okay, starting in verse 38, it says, But God giveth it a body, as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, and another of beasts, and another of fish, and another of birds. And also celestial bodies, these are heavenly bodies, and bodies terrestrial, these are earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. And there is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. Uh, so is the resurrection of the dead. It is shown in corruption, and it is raised in incorruption. Now we'll skip on down to around... We won't skip, actually. <laughs> it is sown in a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not the first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly, and the second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, such are they that also of the earth. And as the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So we will have a different type of body. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither do of corruption inherit incorruption. In other places it says flesh cannot be in the presence of God because it will destroy it. Because it is corrupt. Um, in His full glory. Now there's times that God appears as an angel or uh, uh, in a different form where His full glory is not shown. And flesh can uh, see this without being destroyed. Now, we get to what I was coming for. Verse 51, Behold, I will show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. as We shall not all die. But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. The last trump is the seventh trump of the book of Revelation. It's when Jesus returns. And we'll see in a moment what, what happens when He returns. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So, when that trumpet sounds and Christ returns, we will have a different body. So there will be no more flesh. So when he says that he shortened the time for the elect, it's the time of the tribulation that has been shortened because flesh is being done away with anyway. The red shall be raised incorruptible and uh, we shall be changed. Verse 53, And this corruption must put on incorruption and the mortal must put on immortality. And so when the corruptible will have put on incorruption and the mortal shall have put on immortality, then 
uh, shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is our victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So this spiritual body that we receive, it cannot be killed except by God. In one place Jesus says, fear not he who can kill your mortal body, but fear he who can destroy your spiritual body uh, or kill your soul. And only God can do that when he casts it into the lake of fire. In the book of Revelation it says this is the second death. And, but it has no power over those who overcome during the, the time of the tribulation. And this will, the people who are alive in the tribulation will be, in my opinion, the majority of the people that have lived. Um, you know, you get different numbers of how many people have lived throughout human history, but a large chunk of them are alive right now. And if population keeps expanding, then there'll be more and more people as uh, time goes on. We'll wrap up here soon. We'll go back to Matthew. And it says, Then if any man shall say unto you, in verse 23, Lo, here's Christ, or there, believe it not. Now this is the third time in this, in 23 verses, he's talking about false Christ. Matthew 24 again. Back in Matthew 24, verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, there is Christ, or he is there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great things and signs and wonders, insomuch if it were possible that they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Or behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth into the west, so shall it also be with the coming of the Son of Man. For wheresoever the carcass is, the eagles will be gathered there together. Now, let's turn to the book of uh, Zechariah. Uh, yours is a different translation. That is, uh, that is correct. Uh, I, maybe I said it at first, but I meant to tell you that it's uh, vultures. Uh, in the King, in the King James, yeah, the, the vultures is a, the better translation. So where the carcass is, the vultures gather around dead things, not eagles. So there we saw uh, an issue of translation. It, it could have been either one, but it is uh, it is vultures. Uh, Zechariah is uh, not very far up in front of uh, Matthew. It's one of the minor prophets, but Zechariah has a lot to say about the end times and the return of Christ. Uh, it was written around 400 years before the time of Christ. 
four or five hundred years. Uh, we'll go to chapter, let's say, 14. Uh, 14, the verse, verse. And it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Now, the day of the Lord, whenever we see this phrase, it is the time of the Lord's vengeance on the earth, and it is the end of time. Whenever we see this phrase, the day of the Lord. And so that's what it, we know that the time it is talking about. Verse 2, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem in battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. So we see here, how in the world could 2,500 years ago this book here, the Bible, or, or this prophet Zechariah, predict what would happen in Jerusalem? Now, most of the things that happened, say the Mongolian Empire, uh, 1200 AD, uh, it was the, the greatest empire in the world. And now Mongolia uh it's a beautiful country, but they have no political power. Most of the empires of the world, Greece, Rome, whatever, they, they have no power today. However, if we turn on our news, it's talking about Jerusalem. It's talking about rockets flying into Jerusalem. We have, how, how improbable is this that in this day and age that we even still talk about Jerusalem three, basically 3,000 years later. And the eyes of the whole world, everybody on the internet is talking about what's happening in Jerusalem. Oh, that, that, that's kind of strange, huh? And all the nations of the world are gathered against them. We can see a very, we see all the nations starting to gather now. We see the, the Ethiopians who are mentioned in other places. They're starting wars down there and they're, they're probably going to have problems with the Egyptians and up to the north, the Armenians and the Turkish. They're, they're having problems and that's dragging the Russians in. And uh, then you have America as basically Israel's only ally. Every time they've tried to bring the Israel to the Security Council, the U.S. has blocked it because they have a veto on the, the Security Council of the U.N. Now if the U.S. were, say, to turn against Israel, they could start imposing sanctions on Israel and be like, you got to do this. And then they would be like, well, we ain't going to do it. And then you could see all the nations of the world gathered against Israel. And the political climate in the United States we see uh, could change, but it's kind of, it's kind of strange because on the conservative side, because there's a lot of Christians, the conservative party in the United States, they support Israel. But because they're, and the Liberal Party also supports Israel to a certain extent because of, uh, there's heavy Jewish voters in like the U.S. states and New York and, and up north, and they tend to vote liberal. So both sides support Israel at this time, but we see that kind of peeling off now, and we do not know what will happen in the future. I mean, one event could change the whole, the whole, uh, the whole narrative. So we could easily see all nations gathered against Israel because they ain't going back now. 
Israel's not going to back down. They've, they've shown it too many times. But anyway, verse 2, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken and the women ravaged. Verse 3, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when He fought in the day of battle. So it won't be any army who fights against those nations. Uh, it will be the Lord God Himself who destroys those armies. Uh, in the book of Ezekiel, it says that great hailstones of fire rain down on them and uh, it takes them seven months to bury all the bones. And the Lord Himself does it. And now we're speaking of the Lord in verse 4. His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem in the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst towards the east and towards the west. Remember when Christ was speaking in Matthew chapter 24, He says, when the Son of Man returns, all eyes shall see it. And it will be like lightning shining from the east to the west. And here it says that the Mount of Olives shall be cleaved in half from the east to the west. And there shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain shall be removed towards the north and half of it towards the south. And you shall flee into the valley of the mountains and the valley of the mountains shall reach into Azal and you shall flee like you flee from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah the king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. But one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at an evening time it shall be light. And at that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them towards the former sea and half of them towards the hinder sea and in the summer and in the winter shall it be and the lord shall be king over all the earth and in that day there shall be one name one lord and his name shall be one so we see here that whenever the true christ returns there will be no question as to whether or not he has returned you won't have to ask your brother or your neighbor have you heard uh, what the, the christ is doing in jerusalem or all the peace treaties he's making there won't be any of that when Christ returns. His angels and His saints will be with Him and they'll make war against the armies of the world. Now to drive this point home, one final verse. Let's go to the book of Acts. Uh, we'll say the first chapter of the book of Acts. It's a little further towards the end. This is after the crucifixion of Christ and His uh, resurrection. From the dead. Acts what? Chapter 1. We'll read uh, several verses here. I haven't planned to come here, but it will drive home the point of uh, Christ returning to the Mount of Olives and we'll link it again to the whole Bible together. Uh, Acts chapter 1. The former thesis have uh, made thee, O uh, Theopolis, uh, and all that Jesus began to both do and teach. This is uh, the second part of the book of Luke. Uh, Luke, the same heading uh, to most excellent Theopolis, is uh, in the first chapter of the book of Luke. And this is the continuation of it. The book of Acts tells the Acts of the Apostles after Jesus uh, uh, left. Until the day which he was taken up, and after that, through the Holy Spirit, had given the commandments to the apostles whom 
He had chosen, to whom He had showed Himself alive after His passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but should wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, which he saith, Ye have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And uh, so at this time, Israel did not have self-rule. And they, they were been thinking that Christ was coming as a, a conquering Messiah to return. But he didn't. He came as a sacrifice for sin. However, it is second coming. He will come as a conquering Messiah as we just saw that he will destroy the, the armies of the world. Verse 7, And said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put into his all power. But you shall receive the power, and after that the Holy Spirit shall come unto you, and you shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and to all of Judea, and in Samaria, and into the utmost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up in a cloud, and uh, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said, You men of Galilee, why are you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall in like manner, uh, shall in like manner have you received him go into heaven. Okay, so I, I garbled that. Verse 11. Which also said, these are the angels that appeared while they were looking up, Jesus ascended into heaven. And when, as they were watching him, they looked around, there were two strangers there, uh, in glowing white apparel. And this is what they said to him in verse 11. You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So he will descend from heaven. Yes. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day's journey. So they were standing on the Mount of Olives then. And this confirms what the prophet Zechariah says. He says that the Lord shall return to the Mount of Olives. And then also here, in the book of Acts, it says that he was taken up from the Mount of Olives. The angel said he will return in the same way. Um, it would be very hard for two writers, though Luke would have probably had the the the, the scroll of Zechariah there. Uh, probably had access to it. We do not know that for sure. Um, but this would be a minute detail that a writer that was fabricating something would probably overlook. But here we, we see that it is all linked together. And this it says all of it is from Jerusalem about a Sabbath day's journey. You're, uh, the Jews weren't supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. So uh, I believe it's about a quarter of a mile that they can travel on the Sabbath day. Uh, they took the those laws to heart. 
But anyway, we'll wrap up for today. Does uh, anybody have any questions?